eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This, this is It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati with Lindsey Patterson and Mike Santagata. We are back on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. I'm going to give our friend Jake Lisko credit for this because I saw him do it on Twitter, and I think it's so much fun because we're at the point where we're less than 30 days out from the NFL draft. We are almost there. April is a few days away. And uh, tears because we're hearing all these different prospects. When I open a new mock draft, I see cornerback, tight end, offensive line. Uh, who's going to go to Cincinnati at 28? I want you right now, your expert opinion, give me your tier one, tier two, tier three at pick 28. Oh man, I don't know if I can hit everybody, but I mean, tier one is going to be Bijan because he's, I think tier one is like if a clear round one talent falls and guys have like clear round one talents, Bijan Robinson, that's the tier one guy. Kalaja Kant, he's a tier one guy for me. Um, I don't think they're going to take him, but Nolan Smith is a tier one guy for me. Uh Broderick Jones, Darnell Wright, tier one and a half, maybe. They might be a tiny step down, but it's about tier one. Deontay Banks also in that group. If Joey Porter Jr. somehow fell, that's a tier one guy for me. I think Cam Smith also in tier one and a half with a few of those guys. Tier two guys, I think that's Michael Mayer, Darnell Washington, Keely Ringo, uh, Dalton Kincaid. Those are a few of the tier two guys I can think of. And then tier three being guys I'm not personally the biggest fan of, I guess. Uh, it would be Lucas Van Ness and Emmanuel Forbes. I think they're realistic, and I probably am not making that move. Also, I might move Dog Kincaid down to tier two and a half just because of his injury and his age. Like He's, he's kind of older. He's got the back injury, so that's not great, but... I guess that's a Dewan Jones is probably in tier two, two and a half. He's a step down, I think, from Darnell Wright and Broderick Jones. Anton Harrison would be in that tier two and a half. But then, yeah, I just have the two guys in tier three right now. I I don't see it really with uh, Lucas Van Ness. I don't know. Maybe somebody could sell me on it. I only watched three games. And Emmanuel Forbes, great ball skills. You know, the interceptions, the pick sixes, they're awesome. I didn't see much other than that, and uh, I don't know. That That is it's a lot to bet on him to be able to do that at the NFL level because, I mean, he got Will Levis, but he faced some other NFL quarterbacks, and 
he wasn't getting those he wasn't getting interceptions on those guys i feel like i mean i could i'm probably gonna look this up at some look this up in a moment but uh yeah he just has he's got issues um with his press he's really really slight I worried about the size and his ability to be able to jam at all. Even if he was 180 pounds, he's listed as, which I don't think he is after the way a day. Um, that's not great. That's already pretty low for them. So he didn't pick off Georgia. He didn't get an interception against Mississippi. Didn't get an interception against Alabama. He got his interception against Arizona, Texas A&M, Arkansas, Kentucky, and Eastern Tennessee State. I sure. I don't know. More impressive if he was picking off like Bryce Young and he was picking off uh no says a man probably isn't a better quarterback than Will Levis, but I don't know. Pick off more than pick off Bryce Young. That's, that's I guess what I'm asking for. Is well, such as Bryce, uh those types. Because Will Levis, Will Levis is gonna throw interceptions. He's a big arm guy that's gonna think he fit in there. And I think I watched that one and it was just him jumping a screen pass that Will Levis is just immediately threw because Kentucky ran screen passes every other play, it felt like. With Emmanuel Forbes, I didn't even have him as a target in 20. And obviously, I'm not going back and watching all the college tape. There are experts, including you on Twitter, who will go and watch tape, break it all down, um, and tell me who the Bengals should draft at 28. But I will say this. Over the last 24 to 48 hours, I know this means absolutely nothing. I'm starting to see him mocked to the Bengals. A lot. Mike Tannenbaum. Um, I know how some people feel about him uh, in, in the NFL media world. Uh, former front office uh, executive. He he says Manuel Forbes, Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, you know, just going through some of these. I, I didn't even have him on their radar. I had cornerback as a possibility. But a lot of people are saying that there's a little bit of a connection that maybe the Bengals will take him at 28. At the moment, we've said it before, still best player available. Um, wouldn't be surprised if they go secondary cornerback room. Uh, but he's really confident. I'll say Forbes is really confident in himself. If you look at some of his tweets, uh, telling people that, you know, he feels good, going to be a, a great um, player on, on an NFL team. But now that you bring this up, I'm getting a little nervous that maybe they do go that route at 28. Uh, I hope it works out. I hope it's great. I just... What I'm watching, I, and maybe it's what I value. What I, I obviously right, we've talked about, you know, a while here about he's thin, he's real thin. He's going to be maybe the slightest corner in the NFL. I mean, the guys you look at for size comparisons are either all under six feet, like well under six feet, or nickel corners, or you know, like guys that not a lot of guys are able to jam and press at 160 pounds. And I think when I looked it up, I mean, the best corner under, there is nobody at like 160 pounds that was good, uh, at least in the mock draftable uh, database, which goes back so far. I think somebody brought up, I think it was Antrell Roll maybe. Uh, there's, or it could have been somebody else. There was somebody from the 90s, and early 2000s that was able to play about that light. We look at under 180 pounds. I mean, Nickel Roby Coleman, I think, was the only guy I looked at, and I was like, that's a long-time starter, and he was a nickel. It's in his name, but it, that's also the position he played. So I don't think he's – I don't think Forbes plays nickel. He's a little bit tight. Um, he's – I I don't like his feet uh, in general, <laughs> He's patient, he's confident, and he's got great hands and balls. 
could he be a small, less physical, not as good man coverage um, Trevon Diggs? That would, I guess, be the hope. Could he be, hmm. I don't know, Walmart, Delta O'Neal? <laughs> this is all making me feel really sad. Um, so, I, I mean, don't know. You know that's what I see, but I hope I'm wrong. Like, I, I want all these guys to succeed. This, he's not a bad no. person. Oh, no, I, no, no, I, no, no. I, yeah. you know so I'm hoping he succeeds, but if it's my take and what I would do from the Bengals, I would maybe think about it in the second round. <laughs> yeah. Totally game. Make, get that cornerback in the second round. That works. My question for you, 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 you brought up Dalton Kincaid and I do think the injuries are a concern and then you're not seeing the workouts, the pro day stuff. Uh, but Daniel Jeremiah, again, one of my favorites when it comes to NFL draft prospects and he doesn't always get it right, but with Dalton Kincaid, he has him really high as far as the tight end group, tight end number one, I'm starting to see for Dalton Kincaid. If you're the Cincinnati Bengals, and it is pick 28. Dalton Kincaid, Michael Mayer sitting there. What is the smart long-term move? And by long-term, I mean two to three years, at least at that position. And maybe it's not right away because the injury concern is, is still going to be there. What do you think they should do? Mayer. I just think Mayer is the better tight end of the two. I, that goes against Dale and Jeremiah. Respect it a lot. I think that Mayor comes in the league with the higher floor. I think Kincaid has the higher ceiling. Does he reach the ceiling in three years? Does he reach the ceiling at all? That's hard to say. Um, and he's probably never going to be a good blocker. I think if you are, there's a case to be made for Kincaid. I'm not against him being taken at 28. The fun thing with Daniel Jeremiah, to sidetrack a little bit, is I believe he's done three mocks now. Mm-hmm. And in the first one, he had Darnell Wright. The second one, he had Michael Mayer. And now he has Dalton Kincaid. I don't know. Maybe he's connected and he hears Bengals are going tight end at 28. Because that is weird that he has done that three straight drafts and it's been three different guys. Oh, I I don't want to say that he had Dalton Kincaid going to Cincinnati Bengals. He had Dalton oh. Kincaid as tight end number one in the draft. Oh, okay. He okay. early. So, no, he actually – I have yet to see Daniel Jeremiah say that Dalton Kincaid's coming to Cincinnati, but I did see the other two tight ends mock to Cincinnati from him. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Uh, but I was just a little surprised to see Don Kincaid um, higher. And I, I just feel like there's a lot of hype around Don Kincaid right now. And I was surprised with the pro day stuff and the injury concerns. Um, you know, we we don't know how he's going to feel uh, with September right around the corner, training camp right around the corner. How, how are things going to go, even though it all sounds positive and optimistic when it comes to Don Kincaid? Um, I'm just, you know, wondering what route they go. And for me personally, I, I say it all the time, best player available. They're doing a lot of offensive line visits uh, with these top 30 guys. It really feels like the Bengals are connected to offensive linemen, which would be smart when it comes to um, a pick 28 if they decide to go that route or maybe they get a guy in the second round. Is there a player tier two in this? We'll go even towards the second round that we you would feel comfortable with bringing on the offensive line. It doesn't have to be a tackle position. It can be a guard position too. 
second round types, mm-hmm. you mean? I haven't watched enough. Because uh, I don't think I have anybody that matches. They're going to go in the second. Cody Mock, maybe. And I haven't watched him, though. So I don't. I don't really want to give him my ringing endorsement because I haven't, I haven't watched him. But when I'm looking at guys that like match the need to where they're going in the round and the value, it's like to me, I wouldn't. I haven't watched a tight. Or I haven't watched an offensive tackle or I haven't watched any interior offensive lineman. I'll get around to it. I just don't yeah. think they're that interested early on. But I'm gonna get around to it eventually. Uh, but when I'm looking at you know I'm looking at offensive tackle, I'm looking at interior offensive line. I don't. I just don't see the guy that's going to be there in round two. And that's, I think, one of the biggest cases you can make for tackle at 28 is Dwan Jones, Anton Harrison, they're gone. They're gone before you pick at pick 60. Guys that are there, Jalen Duncan, Blake Freeland, Matthew Bergeron. I haven't watched enough Bergeron to give a real take. I wouldn't take Duncan or Freeland at 60. I would take Duncan in the third round, and you could talk me into Freeland in the third round. They both need a ton of work. And that's the real issue is I don't, I don't think you take one of those guys at pick 60 if they need a ton of work done to become a starting level tackle. And I know that they could sit behind Jonah. Both those guys would have to transition as well from left to right tackle. I don't know. I'm not seeing it there. I think there'll probably be interior guys you could think about there. And this kind of goes back to having Brandon on last time mm-hmm. is he, Kind of seemed like he felt similarly about like, I mean, you got guys at 28. You hope for Darnell Wright, but there's other guys you could take at 28. And then it's like you ask about pick 60, picks 92. It's kind of like maybe Bergeron and you move him or something like that. It's it's not like a no doubt, boom, I got an answer for you right here. It's kind of like a maybe this guy or, you know, I could talk myself into. It's like, well, that's not that's not great. I think he said he's missing, like, he's got rounds one, round two, but he doesn't have very many three, four, fives. It's like round one, round two, or round six, round seven. And I've heard that a, a, a bit. It's not just from him. I've heard the depth for starting, like, just round two, round three types isn't really there. What would be a disappointing pick at 28? <sighs> um. And I don't want to be hard on the player because they're talented. They're in the NFL draft. So you can even go position group um, outside of quarterback, of course. But, uh, you know, what would be? I I think some people are excited about the idea of Jameer Gibbs going there. But I think a non-Bijan running back at 28 wouldn't be that. It'd be exciting. So I can't say it wouldn't be exciting. But I don't know if it's a good process just because I don't have those guys as clear round one guys, whether they do uh, Jameer Gibbs or they do Zach Charbonnet or whoever. I don't think that guy at 28 would be the best pick. I'm trying to think what else. Not much else, though, because, I mean, safety, maybe? I mean, Brian Branch is a good prospect from everything I know. I haven't watched him because I don't think they take a safety at 28. But everything I know, Brian Branch is a pretty good prospect. So maybe you're not that upset. You think he's supposed to go well before 28. But if it's somebody else, that's that's not an exciting pick. I don't want to... I don't, I, want, I don't want to overvalue my own evaluation either, though, because I'm going to miss. I'm going to miss sometimes. Maybe I miss on Forbes. I'm not into him at 28, but I can't say it's a really disappointing pick because there's smart people that are into him. And I think a lot of the data matches up. It's just me personally. I wouldn't do it. My favorite thing about the NFL draft 
you hear a name and someone gets drafted, it could be the first round, it could be the second round, it could be after the draft is over and people are like grading these drafts, which I don't think it's fair to grade a, grade a draft until like two to three years later to see how these guys work out for a team. Uh, but everyone talks, they'll, they'll talk themselves into it. They'll be like, oh, he's going to be great. Say they get Forbes at 28 and they get a cornerback, someone will be like, wait. Cheeto not going to be ready. What's going on in the cornerback room? But then they're just a year ahead. They're a step ahead. They're thinking about next year. If somebody goes down with an injury, they have their rookie cornerback, like they had Cam Taylor Britt in the second round. So, yeah, I mean, at this moment, it just feels all over the place. And and I said it earlier today. When I look at some of these mock drafts, again, they meet zero. They, at the end of the day, they're not the Bengals front office. They're not making those decisions on draft day. Um, it's a different player every day for the Cincinnati Bengals. It is a different position group. It is a different player or it's a different tight end. And um, I just have absolutely zero idea where they go. Um, I just hope that me personally, I hope the guy they get at 28 is an impact player that that is playing this season, their rookie year. Oh, man. Maybe not corner. Uh, yeah, yeah. Probably, hopefully not cheat. I mean, hopefully they don't. It's not a cornerback because I would feel terrible because you want Cheeto to be ready for the season. But I, I don't know. I, I get the cornerback move. I totally understand at twenty eight to get a cornerback. Um, but you know, if they don't go that route, I hope it's a player that is that's impacting from day one. Even though if it is a tight end, um, the, the Cincinnati Bengals don't use the tight end like a lot of other teams. Um, you know, I'm pumped about the Herb Smith Jr. You have a great piece on all Bengals about him, um, what he's going to be able to do with this offense. But I, I want them to be able to get a get a rookie that's going to be able to step in. And maybe that's on the defensive line. Maybe it's a rookie right tackle um, or it is a tight end. I, I know a lot of people feel a certain way about taking a tight end in the first round. Why do you think people are down on tight end in the first round? I think you look at the history. The history of the position basically says you find these guys anywhere. It's kind of similar to running back, where you find starting running backs a lot of places. The best rookie tight end was, I think, a fifth-round pick in Chig Okonkwo. And the second best one was my guy Dulcich, which was I think was a third-round pick. So these aren't first-round picks that blow up. And you look at Noah Fant and TJ Hawkinson, like, and TJ Hawkinson is getting better, so maybe that's not great. But, you know, you look at a lot of first-round tight ends in history, Eric Ebron. No offense. There's great ones too. Vernon Davis, but he took a while to get going. A lot of tight ends take a while to get going. I think that's another issue. If you want the immediate impact and for sure making an impact, that's where you get into running back, man. It doesn't matter if it's Gibbs, whoever. That guy's going to make an impact. It's just what is the value of that? Could you have gotten a similar level of player that can make the same, not the same, but a similar impact on day two? I don't know about day three. I think day three running back is a great idea, but there's so many misses in that period that it's not like for sure I'm drafting a guy day three. I'm cutting mix and this guy's going to play all the snaps. You just look at the history there. It's not a ton going on, but yeah, I don't know. I think the tight end thing is just the history of first round tight ends isn't perfect. It's muddy. It's muddier than most positions that are selected in the first round. And you look at George Kittle wasn't a first round pick. I don't think Travis Kelsey was a first round pick. Darren Waller was like undrafted. Mark Andrews wasn't a first round pick. He wasn't even the first tight end they took. So you look around, it's like, yeah, tight ends seem to be a little bit more random with who's going to be great, who's not. But then you also look and you say like, there's first round tight ends that have been good. And maybe that is what you draft. So that's, I think what it is. It's just the history and they're probably not making an impact day one. 
Yep. We'll see what happens. We're almost there less than 30 days. Like I mentioned before, over on all Bengals, you have a great piece on Herb Smith Jr. What else is coming up online, Mike? Something. Keep checking that Herb Smith piece. Go, go check it out. It's really good. Uh, go go to it, click it, exit out, click again, and uh, yeah. just make sure you, you, you keep going back to it. It's going to be a great piece. Refresh until the next one's on there. Uh, but make sure you follow along all Bengals. You can follow them on Twitter at Bengals underscore Sand. You can follow me at Ellen Diaz Patterson. And thank you for listening to It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati.